the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called A Church for Real Life as the world is filled with brands and products and services today. And we demand and have high expectations when it comes to service or else someone's going to get a bad review on the internet. But a church for real life has a very different vision of service. We measure how well we are serving others rather than how well they are serving us. The message today is called The Servant. Put a marker in Luke chapter 10. Let's join Pastor Sean. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. I found out something that 25 years after Elvis Presley died, his greatest hits album, they put out a new greatest hits album, and it topped the chart for more than three weeks straight. 25 years after his death. Now that's significant success and influence. And in spite of that, according to friends and family, Elvis was an unfulfilled and a happy man. He died of obesity and drug dependence at the age of 42. In an interview with his wife Priscilla, she said this about her husband. She said, Elvis never came to terms with who he was, who, who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. He thought he was here for a reason. Maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people. That agonizing desire was always with him and he knew He wasn't fulfilling it. So he'd go on stage and he wouldn't have to think about it for a while. Elvis didn't have a clue where to begin to look. In a sense, he was lost. And I just want to suggest that is a terrible feeling. To know you were meant for something, but to never find it. Well, today we're going to talk about where that feeling comes from. Because we're going to talk about serving. Serving is a big deal for followers of Jesus. It's one of those things that I think each one... Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) It's, It's... it's Family Sunday, so yes. this, oh, don't worry ladies about and gentlemen, Hello, Gerald and Kevin, we're, welcome. We're here to serve. Why, you won't even, why are you? <coughs> you won't even know we're here. We're we, just, we are here to serve you, sir. We're no, serve. We're, we're talking about serving, but you guys, this is, you don't that's have to we, do this. Well, we do no that, need that's why we're here, but you won't even know we're here. We're just going to serve you, Pastor Sean. Please, so, carry on. You're going to stand right here stand, like the whole time? We're going to stand. Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, God. You're welcome. No, that's, yeah, thank you. No, that's awesome. That's so good. Well, last week we read Ephesians 2.20. You remember what that passage said. It said that we are... Are Do you have have a dog, sir? I do have a dog, but come on, dude, are you kidding me? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Kevin, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, this is Gerald. Gerald, Kevin, Kevin. Gerald, Kevin. Gerald. Kevin, Kevin, down here, down here. Oh, oh, hey. What would Jesus do? Get the water basin, water basin and, uh, and a some pair of socks. socks. Gotcha. Water Kevin, basin Kevin, and some Kevin, socks. Kevin, stop, stop, stop. No, guys, geez, geez, they, this is wonderful. This, really, this okay, is I'm, great, I'm, but you're, you're good. No, no, you're, okay, you're, okay, you're right, good, right, okay? Right. Please carry on. Okay. So it says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. <coughs> now... The thing about the passage... Wait, are you feeling it, okay? You're looking a little pinky. Oh, no. mm, mm. 
I'll clean it out. Oh, I don't, oh, do not want oh, you to slip. Guys, guys, guys seriously. I'm so okay. sorry. All right. You all right? Fine. I'm fine. No, I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, we're talking about. Oh, that's what are you? Oh, that's kind of nice. Is that microfiber? That's oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Very high quality. All right. All right. We're, we're good. Okay. Where that verse talks about us being His workmanship. You know, we're going to now talk a little bit about. Okay, what does that mean? What do we do about that? This is the idea behind serving. It's there really. I'm not, there oh. you are, sir. You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> Dude. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, well, I, know, I, know, we, I noticed you were squinting a little what? bit. Maybe we could help yeah, you out. Is this, this, this better? Uh, is this better? Oh, or no, this? no. That's, uh, One or two. two. Oh, One <laughs> or two. <laughs> no, it's good. Guys, guys, guys. Here, here's the thing. Here, go ahead. I have something that I really, it's, this is important. I'm so glad you all are here today. Oh, this, we're here to serve, sir. Awesome. I, we have to do figure out some things in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. What we need is we need to know how many cars are there. So if 346 you count, cars, sir. You've already... I've already counted, but that's not including yours, which is within the handicap spot. That would be 347. I don't think that's true. Kevin, you've already counted them. Yes, sir. Oh, God. Kevin. Guys, I just... Yes, sir. I was was looking over the notes, and I don't Uh think we're doing this right. You're kidding. No. Excuse us. Can we we confer for just a moment? Uh, Yes, I would like that if you would confer. That would be really good. Confer, 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 confer. Exactly, and that's what I think we did wrong. And also, oh, yes, yes. Confer, 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 confer. So I think that's right. Oh my. Yes, we've okay, done so this all wrong. Maybe we should. Shall I go yes, first? Let's share. So it's not about us. No. Not about matching no, it shirts. It is not. Not about uh, British accents. Whoa, that's a matter of opinion. Okay. <laughs> but it's about serving, serving, serving others. others. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And, and mm-hmm. serving reflects the heart of God. True. True. Yes. And serving is how the body of Christ works. How the church works when we serve in our area of wiredness. Why, wiredness? Oh, I'm sure the kids understand. Okay. For, for oh. you adults, that would be how you are wired. Oh. Wiredness. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's how that's how the church functions. We serve each other like the body of Christ. Right. Exactly. We, we weren't. We weren't doing. We, we weren't doing that right. Yeah, no, no. You guys get it. You oh. guys get it. Thank you. All right. Well, well, sure, no. So, Finally. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, will, will there be anything else for you, sir? Not a thing. Not a thing. Right. God sure? bless well, us, we will, everyone. We'll be right over. Right, right over here. Right we need, need anything. anything. Okay, no, no. I'm Is good. I'm good. I'm good. Do you have a bell? Thank you. you no, no, no. no I'm good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kevin and Gerald. Oh, some people serving in their wiredness. I say weirdness. He says wiredness. That's... Tomato, tomato. Uh, <clears throat> that's a great example of people who serve in the body of Christ. So we are going to talk about serving because we're in this series called The Church for Real Life. And, and one thing I want to just make sure we don't ever just run by as we're talking about this idea of real life. Okay? This is something we're supposed to experience. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. You might have real life. And we can talk about that all we want, and it's nice to talk about, it's nice to quote, but if we don't live it, what's the point? See, that's the idea. We are supposed to be experiencing something that is real and authentic because of the presence of the Lord in our lives. And I just want to challenge you, don't settle. I mean, if anything came of this series, the only thing that came is that you had a hunger and said, you know what, I want that real life. I don't just want religion. I don't just want some sort of kind of religious routine. I don't want a, a, a sanitized, churchy version of my old life. I want something real. I want to experience the presence of the Lord. If that's all you got from this series, I'm saying that'd be something pretty amazing. 
Don't settle. Now, we're in a portion of this series talking about the five decisions on the journey to real life. You remember what they are. Follow, connect, grow, serve, share. We talked about following Jesus. We talked about connecting in the body of Christ. We talked about growth, how it's not okay to say the same, how we're supposed to mature. Well, today we're going to round a turn, round a corner, if you will. Because those first three talk a lot about who we are becoming in Christ. And that's a good thing. All of sin to fall short of the glory of God. We're talking about salvation, following Jesus. We're talking about getting connected, me being part of the family. We're talking about me growing and becoming a mature person, becoming more Christ-like in my life. But what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is kind of rounding a corner where we begin to look outward. I want to suggest we're going to learn that it's impossible for us to fully become who God created us to be or to live real life of any kind without turning our gaze outward to others. So many Christians are frustrated and they, they're like, man, I've learned the Bible, I've walked, I've done this stuff, and God's done some cool stuff in my life, but it still seems there's more. And they never get to that place where they go beyond who I'm becoming in Christ to how is God using me to further his kingdom? How am I helping his purpose, his mission in other people? Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. This is a story about the main thing. Um, you've heard it said before, the main things keep the main thing as the main thing right? And in Christianity, in church, that is doubly important. So in Luke chapter 10, verse, beginning at verse 25, we're told that a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And by the way, this kind of conversation among the Jewish leaders, among the rabbis, was a common thing. It's the way they would learn and discuss the law. The rabbinical writings were full of these kind of things. So this was a common tradition. He asked Jesus this question, how should I inherit eternal life? Well, how do you read it, Jesus said. Well, and the man answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly, do this. And you'll live. Remember, Jesus said on multiple cases, most important thing is love God with everything you've got. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the whole law and the prophets. And verse 29 tells us the man was desiring to justify himself for some reason. And he said to Jesus, and who's my neighbor? And Jesus replied, and he replies with this story, this very familiar story. Most of us could tell the story. Said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now imagine, Jesus is a Jewish teacher. He's talking to a Jewish lawyer. He's talking to Jewish followers. What would they have pictured in this man going from Jerusalem to Jericho? They would have pictured a Jewish man, I think. And we're told this man fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him, and they departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay it when I come back. 
Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Now, remember, the question that prompted this story was, well, who is my neighbor? But Jesus didn't just illustrate who our neighbor is. He went back to the first part. He illustrated love. He's giving a picture, because remember, the, the idea was love your neighbor. And Jesus gives this illustration of how a priest goes by and does nothing. A Levite, one of the caretakers in the temple, just goes by and does nothing. But this Samaritan, you remember the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. It wasn't good. The Jews looked down at the Samaritans. They, caught, they thought they were heretical half-breeds, really. They had intermarried with pagan people. They've distorted the beliefs of Judaism. And so there was a pretty significant rift. And Jesus intentionally chose the hero of the story to be a Samaritan. And we focus on that. When we tell the story, we focus on he's illustrating who our neighbor is and he's talking about people who are different from us. And that's a true statement and it's a big part of the story. But he's also illustrating love. See, he's illustrating how to love our neighbor. The story fleshes out or puts skin on the sometimes abstract idea of loving your neighbor. See, I want to suggest to you, love looks a lot like service. And in fact, if you're taking those, write this down, because here's the main point, I think. Service is love in action. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called The Servant which is available right now on the sermon page in a series called A Church for Real Life at reallife.org, where there you can also watch a video podcast of this message and series. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. Now back to the message, The Servant. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Service is love and action. When we talk about serving, that's what Jesus is really telling us. He's telling us that you want to know what love looks like. Well, here it is. In fact, John in his epistle, 1 John chapter 3, beginning of verse 16, wrote this. He said, by this we know love. And he uses Jesus as an example. He says that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. He goes on, but if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother, the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, 
but in deed and truth. He's talking about how service is love in action. You want to know what it looks like to love? Well, here it is. And Jesus painted that beautiful picture. I want to make a couple observations about service this morning. Number one, service goes beyond what we do to who we are. It goes beyond what we do. It's not just an action. It actually is the core of who we are called to be. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2, said of of himself and of the leaders. He said, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required of stewards that they be found faithful. In fact, he introduced himself often in his letters, as Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. It's a point of identity. Because when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we are surrendering to a life of service. We've said, I was walking my own way, I was doing my own thing, and when we repent, we turn and say, not my way anymore, but his, we actually are taking on a new Lord. We're taking on a new leader. And implicit in that idea is a life of service. I have a new leader Because my life is not my own. And I want to just stop and I want to point out, remember what started the whole conversation. The the lawyer asked him, how do I inherit eternal life? What does life look like? Remember what the answer was? Love God with everything you got. Love your neighbor as yourself. And what Jesus is saying, and here's how you do that. So many of us, we go, well, but I'm doing the religious stuff. I mean, I I read the Bible. I come to church. I I think I love God. I'm doing my best to put God first. I'm I'm a Christian, right? And we kind of walk through with this sense, but there's something missing. And yet we never understand the second part, what Jesus is saying. You want to know what love looks like? Here's a picture of it. And I want to suggest that he's giving us a key to the answer to that first question. How do I find life, not just in eternity, but right now? I think it's impossible for us to truly experience the abundant real life that we were created for without embracing a life of service. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. We're told Jesus called him over and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over to them and their great ones exercise authority over them. And he's talking to his followers. It shall not be so among you. Listen to the language he uses. But whoever would be great among you must be your what? Servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And then he gives this. Listen to this. Even as the Son of Man, talking about himself, as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So many of us, have this sense in life, I'm supposed to make a difference. And in fact, we even have a hunger to be great. I just want to say to you, we we sometimes chide ourselves, oh, I shouldn't want to be great. Jesus isn't telling us that. He's actually telling us how to be great. And what does he mean when he says greatness? What do we think of when we think of greatness? I think we think of impact. We think of influence. We think of great people. They are people who change the world. They change us and they change the world. You want to be great, Jesus says? You must be a servant. That's worth the price of admission today, right there, folks. You want to be great? You want to make an impact? You want to influence? So many times we think that's about about getting noticed. 
And that's about notoriety. And that's about people kind of, kind of making my mark. And it's about me. Jesus is saying, no, no, no. The key to greatness is absolutely the opposite. It is about service. Stop and think about the people that we think of as great in our own personal lives or even in history. Chances are they were people who did some extraordinary act of service for someone other than themselves. I think Jesus is on to something here. You want to be great? You must serve. You want to be first? You must become like slaves. And when I think of first, I think of leadership. You want to be a leader? Commit your life to serving others. And, you know, there's a lot thrown around of of servant leadership. And I think that is a beautiful concept and is one we could really use some growth in. Servant leadership. Some people think the idea of servant leadership means, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to do whatever anybody else wants. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be at the beck and call of everyone else. And that's servant leadership. I want to suggest to you, I don't think that's really what it is. I don't think that's what Jesus modeled. What servant leadership is, is leading for the purpose of serving someone else. It means it's not about you. It means it's not about leading for the purpose of my own recognition, my own reputation, my own comfort and convenience. It is leading for the purpose of serving someone else. I mean, when I think of servant leader, we lead, for, we lead to serve God's purpose, and we lead to serve God's people. And that's whether I'm as a church leader, whether I'm leading at work, whether I have a company, whether I'm, I have employees, wherever I have an opportunity to lead, servant leadership means I am going to serve God's purpose by serving God's people. It's a powerful thing. And Jesus says, you want to be great? That's how. You want to be first? That's how. You want to have impact, influence, and leadership? This is how. And I think if any of us if we're honest for just a moment, we would recognize either we've had a chance to experience or at least we've had a chance to observe the emptiness of a constant life of self-service. I mean, at first it seems like, oh, that's full. That's a full life, man. Go and get everything I can. Everything for me. Get what I want. Get what I can. Honestly, I've known so many people who had everything life could offer and were empty. And it's tragic And it's because it's a life of self-service. A life of self-service will always end up being a dead end. And and yet, it's what we're raised to do. It's actual instinct. The flesh screams to be served. The culture teaches us to self-serve. So when you begin to break free from that pattern, I just want to say it's a real difficult challenge. And the only way that I know to do it is to dive headfirst into service. It attacks the flesh. It attacks that heart of sin that says, I want to be served. I want to be the center of my own universe. A life of service is like a physical, it's like physical exercise to that self-centered part of my nature. And it's transformative because self-service always leads to a road of emptiness and brokenness. And conversely, real life. So there's something that is unlocked when we become a servant. When we, be, when we make ourselves about how can I serve the Lord first, but then by, I, I serve him by serving other people. How can I help encourage what God is doing in someone's life? How can I help them move the ball downfield in an area that's important in their life? How can I be a resource to people? It absolutely turns a light on. And I promise you, if you stop right now and think of some of that, most joyful, content, happy people in your life, You'll also, oh yeah, you know what? They kind of serve others. 
whether it be with their hands, whether it be with their resources, whether it be with their, with their connections. They just are a person who's about helping other people become what God asked them to be. Because service fundamentally is love and action. Secondly, serving always involves a cost. So serving goes beyond what we do to who we are, but it always involves a cost. And this is the rub. This is what makes it hard, right? Because if it didn't cost anything, oh, we'd all be doing it. But it always involves a cost. Think about the Samaritan in the story. He spent time, lots of time actually. He spent labor. He had to work binding up. He spent resources. He spent actual resources that he had, and then he spent money on top of it and told the innkeeper, hey, you take care of anything additional you spend, I'll cover it when I come back. Not if I come back, when I come back. So he was committed. And this is the biggest challenge, because there is a huge cost. When you say, I'm going to be about serving other people, that's, there's a cost involved. You know the saying, right? The, the old saying, give a man a fish, and you feed him for what? A day. Right? But teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. And oh, I've heard that quoted. That's so awesome. Such a great quote. The problem is, it's way easier to just give someone a stupid fish. Teaching someone to fish takes all kinds of time. You've got to get the boat, you get gas, and you got to buy supplies, and then it's going to take a long time because they're never very good at first. And, and it's like, oh, I just, here, here, take a fish. It's so much easier. Because, see, serving someone takes time. You know, teach a man to fish, that is so true. And I think what Jesus is saying is, I want you as my followers to be willing to teach someone to fish. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The Servant or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find A Church for Real Life at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.